Hi everyone and welcome to Conversations with Chrissy. My name is Chrissy Neiser. I'm the administrator of M.MBA and the Governor's Highway Safety Rep. Really excited uh, to have with us Myra Weeman, who's the Deputy Director of our Highway Safety Office in Maryland. Welcome, Myra. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank it's you. always great to talk to you, especially about this issue. We're going to be talking about older driver safety. Uh, December 5th through 9th is Older Driver Awareness Week in Maryland. And so wanted to really talk about that aging process. We like to try to ignore it, right? Um, but unfortunately, it catches up with us one way or another. Um, everybody ages differently, though. You know, you hear about drivers still in their 90s and quite cognizant, able to drive well, and then others who at an earlier age might just see um, signs of slowing down. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your history in terms of um, highway safety and how you've come to uh, really be an expert in this area. Sure, absolutely. So I've been with the Highway Safety Office three years but I've been in the traffic safety world for a little over 20 years. And the majority of my time was really in outreach and education. That is truly my passion. But I also have um, some years in campaign development and traffic safety legislation. But it's really in those years of outreach and education uh, that I found our aging drivers really need some assistance, some help, in finding ways to self-assess where they are with their driving. Nobody wants a family member or a friend mm. to come to them and say, mm -hmm. give me the keys. That's None right. of us want that. And there are so many tools out there today that I really think our passion here at the Highway Safety Office is to make sure we can explain those tools, get those tools to aging drivers, and help them drive as long as possible but as safe as possible. That's right, as long as it's safe to do so. Right. We always right. try to emphasize. Yeah, those conversations with family members are never easy. I know mm -hmm. you've had a lot of them yourself as well. And yes. so um, today's really about talking about the what we can do to educate ourselves, um, make yourself more aware. So talk about some of those tools that you mentioned and, and what things that you might want to look for sure. as an older driver. Sure. So one of the um, one of the the best programs that I think we offer here at the Highway Safety Office is what we call CarFit. And we now have eight staff people that are CarFit technician trained. We have one who has made it to the next level, which is a coordinator, and one that's an instructor. And that program allows aging drivers to come in with their vehicle, sit in their vehicle, and we talk to them about how well they fit in that car. Now, I know that sounds a little strange, right? What, you know, how I fit in a car. Well, there's so many things and adjustments, personal adjustments that we can recommend to a driver so that in the event of a crash, they will have a better chance of survival mm -hmm. and less injury. Mm -hmm. And there's a 12-point checklist that we go down with them. We spend a lot of time on mirror adjustments mm -hmm. to make sure they understand blind spots and how maybe we can reduce that blind spot. And we also now talk to them a little bit about their technology because they either don't understand the technology, they don't know they have the technology, or they've turned off the technology. Mm. It's a great plug for everybody. It doesn't matter what age you are. Your car has a lot of great safety features in it. Please use those safety features. It can be intimidating, though, to your point, Absolutely. which is why I think it's great you do it in their car. It's mm -hmm. not like they're learning in a certain environment, then they go home and it's different, because every car is different, as we know. And right. maybe they've transitioned to a newer vehicle and just aren't really comfortable yet right. with all the equipment. It really makes it a non-threatening environment, too. I mean, here you are in your car. You know, and you have these trained technicians that are helping you in your vehicle. 
Another great tool that we recommend a lot to aging drivers is the MyCarDoesWhat.org website. It was developed by the National Safety Council, and it's not just for aging drivers, but it's a great tool for anybody that wants to know more about what is the technology in my particular vehicle, my make, my model. If you're going to purchase a car, or even if you just have questions about that technology. One of my favorite features on that website is all the icons that represent technology because when people come to CarFit, they'll show us an icon mm -hmm. on their dash and they'll say, I have no idea what that means. Now, we're pretty good, we know most of them, but we don't know all of them, so sometimes we even have to get the My Car Does What um, website up and, and show them exactly what that icon It is represents. a great resource. I, you know, we're talking to somebody the other day who was purchasing a new car and they said, Got fully explained what the cell phone functionality was, how to hook it up, how to make sure everything right. was working well, but all the safety features, we don't always take the time. We either assume people know mm -hmm. um, and just think it's you know natural, but it's really not necessarily the case. So that's a great website that people can use regardless of age. Mm -hmm. What about some other um, safety features? We talk about seatbelts all the time, but that's another one I think in terms of you know making sure the old, older driver has that seatbelt properly fit to them. Absolutely. And you know, it's not just the front seat drivers. We always have a conversation with them about if you're traveling with others, make sure everybody in every seating position is buckled, especially those in the back seat. And we also want to make sure that they're wearing it the right way because sometimes we'll find that it's riding up on them for some reason or they're pushing it off because it's rubbing their neck. And I like to call it the aha moment when we show them what's called the seatbelt height adjuster, you know, on the side of the vehicle, because almost all cars have them now, and simply moving that up or down can bring that seatbelt off of their neck and stop rubbing, and they're like, oh, wow, because usually I just stick it under my arm, but, you know, because I was here for car fit, I left it this sure. way, so they get very comfortable, and they, they have great conversations with us. You know, head restraint, it's really important that that head restraint is in the proper position to protect against whiplash. Um, one driver actually took it off and put it in her trunk because it bothered her. And it was because it wasn't positioned correctly. So many safety features on the vehicle with, with small recommended adjustments can really make a difference. You know, telescoping steering wheels. If you're short in stature, um, if you have shorter arms, a lot of drivers don't even realize that steering wheel goes in and out. So we have them unlock it. Give it a try. Sure enough, another aha moment. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of a lot of great things that people can learn. You know, we always talk about that seatbelt being the best protection you can have. But you're right, right. If it's not worn properly, and we all know as as we get older, it's a little harder to recover. And so, if you are in a crash, you are more likely to be injured. And so, we want to make sure that. Um, you know, hopefully a crash doesn't occur because of some of the techniques you show in the mirrors and those kind of right. things. But if it does occur, we want to make sure the protection is there as much as possible. Agreed. I, I think um, older drivers are really a safe group of drivers. They're less likely to drink and drive. They are more likely to go to the speed limit. They're probably not out as late at night, right? Where yes. Some dangerous behavior might occur. Right. They're not using cell phones. Mm -hmm. And um, so they are overall a safer driver. But like you said, if there's a crash because of fragility and aging, they are more likely to sustain injury and possibly death.
Yeah, that's definitely what we want to prevent. Right. So once your car is fitted the right way, maybe talk about some of the things you can do to avoid those crashes, to prevent them from happening. Sure, well, you know, one thing is to understand what are crashes where older drivers are overrepresented, because I think if they have that knowledge ahead of time, maybe, you know, they'll be a little bit more cautious in those particular situations. So, you know, as you know, left turn crashes are unfortunately overrepresented by older drivers, mm -hmm. especially intersections where there's no dedicated left turn arrow. I always tell the story that my, my father was um, in sales his whole life mm -hmm. and traveled his whole life. You know, that's way before, you know, airlines were so easy to, to just right. kind of jump on. And his only crash was when he turned 65 mm -hmm. and he was on Route 40 and he was trying to make a left turn at an intersection that didn't have a left turn arrow. Luckily, he didn't get injured in that That's crash. Good. But what's interesting is he could have made three right turns. Hmm. He could have gone down a little bit further, made a right, made a right, made a right, and then all he would have had to do was go straight through that intersection. Mm -hmm. And that's something we like to tell older mm -hmm. drivers as well. Maybe three rights are better than that left. Certainly avoiding that crash, much more preferable. Just take a little bit of extra time yeah. and, and not have to do it, especially right. on a busy roadway. And, mm. and if uh, the driver's anxious, that tends to be the time where you might make that misjudgment. Yes, absolutely agree. Uh, merging, mm -hmm. merging onto highways is another type of crash that's overrepresented by older drivers. And changing lanes on a multi-lane highway with three or four lanes is difficult. And a lot of this has to do with the ability to multitask. That, that gets a little bit harder as we get older. Um, also vision problems can affect it. And as you said, comfort level. And traffic. Anytime you're nervous on the roadway, I think you tend to make those misjudgments at yep. that point and, yes. and maybe overcompensate, and that's when you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble. Yes. Um, certainly, a lot of these uh, driving tips that we're talking about really good for anybody, right? But I mm -hmm. um, want to make sure we leave uh, our listeners with what, what are those kind of safe tips that they should be doing when they're out on the roadway or if they encounter a high risk situation. So, certainly. Seat belts is mm -hmm. one that you've already mentioned, and make yes. sure all your passengers are belted, right? Yes. We still, people still sometimes think the back seat does not need to be belted, but unfortunately, as we know, um, just really tragic events where somebody was unbelted in the back and they become a projectile in a crash when the vehicle stops, and um, you know, unfortunately, they can seriously injure or kill people that are properly belted. Yeah. Yes. It's just really an important one that we always want to uh, to talk about. Judging that oncoming traffic at intersections is another one you mentioned. Right. Making sure you're aware of your surroundings. So you had talked about making sure all your mirrors are properly um, located. So I'm sure you've heard from uh, some of the people that have gone through the course about that one. Right. You know, when I learned how to drive, and I am part of the baby boomer generation, we needed to see the sides of our vehicle in our mirror. Well, here in the state of Maryland, we don't even teach driver ed and anymore that way, as you know, with mirrors. We, we don't need to see the side of our vehicle. We know where our vehicle are. We need to see everything that's coming up that's on right. either side. So yes, mirror adjustment, what we call the, the enhanced view, mm -hmm. which means you see a lot more, will really shrink those, um, those blind spots and less movement of the neck. So mm -hmm. your eyes are gonna be on you know, front of the road much more. 
when you talk about um, intersections, and, and you mentioned um, you know, being able to judge distance and speed, that gets a little harder as we get older. And so knowing before you get to that intersection, you need to be in the lane that you want to be in. Have, don't switch lanes once you get into that intersection. Use turn signals um, before and after, of course, in the, um, when, when you're approaching and, and um, exiting an intersection. Knowing that intersections have a lot going on for every single driver, you really need to pay attention getting into that intersection and staying in the lane. No, that's great, and, and you mentioned a lot going on, so talk a little bit about our vulnerable roadway users, right? At intersections, right. you might have pedestrians, so we want to call that out, that take that extra moment to look for pedestrians, certainly if there's crosswalks, but even not necessarily at crosswalks, and so we want to watch out for that as well. Right, we need to watch out for pedestrians and bicyclists, mm -hmm. scooters. A lot of these e-scooters are becoming extremely popular in certain areas of our state. And we also know that as um, we don't have as much light out and, you know, at dusk, at dawn, at nighttime, as we get older, sometimes it's a little bit harder to see like we used to be able to see in our teens and, and 20s. So knowing that, that also makes it harder to see vulnerable road users. So we need to keep that top Especially of mind. Especially if the clothing isn't bright, so that's a good tip for pedestrians. Right. But certainly we need to look out for them. They're certainly right. very vulnerable in our roadway. Uh, you mentioned about driving through the intersections. You want to stay in your lane and not change your lane while you're in the middle of the intersection. That could be a dangerous situation as well. Right, and that again should is, is a tip for all drivers, mm -hmm. of course. But we Teach want- Teach it in driver's ed, right? That's right, that's right. But you know, as we get older, again, sometimes our multitasking skills aren't quite as sharp as mm -hmm. they used to be. So it just makes sense to get in the lane you need to be in and stay in that lane so that you don't have to determine, you know, is there anybody in my blind spot? How's my speed? Is there anybody ahead of me that's too close? Just, you know, stay in the lane and, and keep, keep the speed at the, the rate that you're going. Okay. Another, again, great tip for everybody, avoid those distractions. We know everybody's using electronic devices regardless of age, so you know, put that phone in a place where it's not going to be a distraction, but frankly, there are more distractions than that. We talk about other things within the vehicle, passengers within the vehicle can all be distractions as well. That's right, and you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows as we get older, one passenger in the passenger seat may actually help an older driver because that passenger is your other set of eyes. Mm -hmm. And so if they're paying attention to the driving and not a distracted type of passenger, they could actually help an older driver navigating. Um, we know that older drivers don't usually talk on the cell phones, mm -hmm. and that's, that's terrific because as we know, you know, even the conversation, even hands-free, sure. just the conversation, um, cognitively takes you know your task away from driving. It definitely does. We always say driving requires full time and attention. Right. So keep your eyes on the road. Um, speed limits are important too, right? Not too fast, but not too slow as well. That's right. You know, sometimes as we age, we feel that maybe if we go under the speed limit on certain roads, that's a, a safer way to travel. But when you're talking about interstates, if you are traveling 10, 15 miles below the speed limit on an interstate, you know, that may not always be the safest form of travel. If you do need to travel a little bit slower, you do want to make sure that you are in that right 
that right lane. Yeah, I think we've all seen that where there's a car and a, a line of cars behind it, people right. trying to figure out what's going on and maybe dangerously changing lanes and that kind of thing. So right. definitely something to avoid. But always remember the move over law. That's right, good <laughs> good plug for that. Certainly move over regardless of who's on the side of the road now in Maryland. Right. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's emergency personnel or someone involved in a crash or needing to change a tire. Uh, we've seen too many instances where unfortunately someone's gotten hit from that. Another one is the risk of drowsy driving. So, you know, feeling a little tired, maybe didn't get a great night's sleep, um, even changes in medication. Certainly as individuals get older, might find yourself taking more medication. All of those can impact your awareness when you're behind the wheel. That's right. And, you know, as we get older, our metabolism slows a little bit. And that means that the medications are going to stay around in the body a little bit longer, which means that the side effects could stay around a little bit longer as well. But you know, that doesn't mean you have to stop driving. What that means is have a conversation with your pharmacist. Sometimes I find the pharmacist even in more help, well, very helpful. My doctor, of course, is very helpful as well. But sometimes when it comes to medication management, I mean, I am, if I have a switch in a medication, I always ask my pharmacist, is there any implication to driving? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that all of us should ask if we're given a medication. Um, that a change in medication or a change in dosage. So, you know, lack of sleep, um, changes in medication, as you mentioned, they're really important to how we perform on the road and whether they do cause drowsiness. And also, cold medicine. Sometimes that go. can make us drowsy as well, over the counter. That's right. People don't think about the over the counter, they think about prescription, but any of those, you know, can cause drowsiness. So yeah. it's about that awareness and having the conversation, right. being willing to ask. Better to have it up front than have other consequences. Yes. So let's talk about that. Maybe some of the questions that drivers should ask themselves in advance to try to diagnose whether they should be doing things differently or taking additional precautions, what would you recommend there? Well, you know, there's a couple of different signs that maybe a driver should think, hmm, I wonder if something's going on. Um, and it may sound a little odd, but if, if on a regular basis, a driver is having other drivers use their horn or make some gestures that aren't very nice, um, sometimes that may be an indication that it's, it's, it's your driving, that something's going on with your driving mm -hmm. if this happens over you know, a regular period of time. Another thing that um, drivers should also stop and think about you know, when they're, they're thinking about their driving is, and you mentioned it, how comfortable am I? Am I really getting nervous when I know I need to go out and drive during rush hour? And if I'm retired, do I have to go out and drive during rush hour? Or can I adjust that? And how do I feel about driving at night? Am I finding it hard to see signs, um, pedestrians? Did I have a near miss? And maybe last but certainly not least is, you know, when you see those little dents and dings on your vehicle and scratches, and you just have no idea how they're getting there, that may be an indication that something's going on and maybe it's time to have a discussion with your doctor. And, and it's great to have the conversations with your physicians, your pharmacists, as you said, but also yeah. as a family, right? right? Sometimes we want to ignore those signs. We know driving is independence, but it doesn't mean driving has to go away. It just means maybe we have different techniques that we look at in terms of how we can drive more safely. Absolutely. And, you know, my mother had macular degeneration before she passed away. And I would go to her ophthalmologist appointment with her and her doctor with her. 
And I said, you know, how, what are we going to do here about the driving? Mm -hmm. And what they did is they adjusted her driving to no night driving, mm -hmm. only to locations that she was familiar with so she could still get to church, she could still get to the grocery store. And it really kept her in a good state of mind because we do know and research shows that when keys are taken away, especially when they're forced away, mm -hmm. there, there's, a, there's a higher probability that, that depression's going to sit in. So we want to try to avoid that as much as possible. And like you said, it doesn't mean sometimes you have to just stop driving. Mm -hmm. You just have to make some changes. That's right. And I think that's one of the big um, concerns people have with reporting medical conditions. So it is law in Maryland that if you have a certain set of reportable medical conditions, um, things that would impact your driving, things like diabetes or sleep apnea, you know, that's obviously a big one in terms of drowsiness. Those are the kind of things that you have to make the MBA aware of. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your license will go away. To your point, um, we can actually issue restricted licenses that have certain of those provisions in right. place. And there are occupational therapists who can actually work with drivers and try to teach them those techniques, many of them that you discussed today, of how to be safe, safe behind the wheel, even if you've had a medical incident. Right, and you know, driver assessments, uh, they, they're a great tool. There's, um, you know, they, they put you on um, driving uh, simulators first mm -hmm. to see how comfortable you are, and even before they, you know, go out in the vehicle with you to drive. So a driving rehab specialist, an occupational therapist who specializes mm -hmm. in driving rehab, there's some, some terrific people out there that can really help people, as you said, get back on the road or adjust their driving to stay on the road safely. That's right, and there are good resources on our website, mba.maryland.gov, so a great place to go if you're looking for somebody who's a specialist in that area and who can really, really help. Um, there's other things that we've tried to do, though, because sometimes it's time to give up that license, and so to make that easy as possible, um, now on MBA forms, you can actually just check a box that you want to convert that license to an ID card. Um, you know, we know that it might be a source of pride of giving up that license to have to come to the MBA and be in person or maybe have a family member assist you. We don't want any stigma attached to it. Um, actually, it's something that it's great that they're making the decision on their own and not having to have that forced decision. So Met Maryland ID card, you know, if you're 65 and older, it's free. So no charge for it, some benefit there. Um, you know, and really trying to make that, we know the ID is still necessary to have for medical and, and other things. So just trying to make it as simple as possible. Yeah, that, that really is a great idea. Um, I, I think that having something that even looks very similar to a driver's license really helps people. It doesn't peg them as somebody who had to give up their license. That's so right. I really think that's a great idea. You're still official. You still got that official card, that's right? right? So that's whatever right. we can do to help. You know, we've talked a lot about some great resources. Anything else that you really just want to emphasize? There's so much good information in this area out there, I think. Um, but any particular things that you'd like to point people to? One of the, um, the greatest projects, I think, that the MBA really headed uh, a few years back was the development of um, the Maryland's Resource Guide for mm -hmm. Aging Drivers. I have a copy of it here. I know you're very familiar with this. Yeah. There was a whole team that was put together to develop this guide, and, and um, a lot of work and hours went into it. It can be downloaded mm -hmm. from the MBA website, and it really covers so much, pretty much everything we just talked about today. It lists all of those medical conditions yeah. that you talked about. 
uh, Maryland's Medical Advisory Board. It goes into a little bit of information on there, but it also talks about what happens when it is time, when it is time to think about giving up those keys, and, and maybe it's time to start looking at where are we going to retire, because a lot of people are outliving their ability to drive nowadays. So when we go to look for that retirement home or where we are going to age in place, let's make sure it's a place where we can still get around mm -hmm. if we don't have the keys. And I know a lot of um, senior living facilities, um, whether that's homes or whether that's more apartment, uh, provide transportation because they recognize that it is a need as you age. Um, and so it's available to if, if you need it. And so we talk a lot about planning ahead, mm -hmm. talk about it from a financial standpoint, but we also think of, need to think about it from a driving standpoint as well, I think. We really do because I think, you know, so many people want to stay in their homes. They, they want to be there. They want to, you know, if they, if they were born and raised, you know, in the suburbs, that's where they want to stay. It might not always be the easiest place to find transportation if you don't have families and friends that can, you know, take you around when it comes to that. A lot of great resources, like you said, if you don't have family members that can help other resources, depending on your county, and I know there's a link to all that information. Yeah, we right, really right in our book. Yep. Pull that all together. So uh, you referenced the Medical Advisory Board. I always think that's something interesting that, you know, our listeners might not know that the MBA actually has a medical advisory board as well as nurse case reviewers who review medical fitness to drive. And so something obviously we take very seriously is so having those medical professionals who can look at cases and actually work with the customers to try to help them come to the best conclusion for themselves. I think it really should be a source of pride for Marylanders that it is something that uh, we do take seriously and that they're in good hands with those professionals that we have working here. Right, and there are a lot of states that don't have the advantage of that. So right. Maryland really, really stands out with our medical advisory board. Definitely. Well, Myra, I really want to thank you for being with us. It's been great information, I think, for all of our listeners. It is Older Driver Awareness Week, uh, December 5th through 9th, but something we should be aware of all throughout the year. So really appreciate your dedication and everything you've done in this area. Thanks so much for being with me. And for our listeners, please join us in the future for Conversations with Chrissy. Thank you.